We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. And John Lynch spoke. We're doing this show. Well, John Lynch speaks every day, but he spoke to media at the NFL owners meetings on Monday. We're recording this Monday afternoon. We're going to talk about what John Lynch had to say about Jimmy Garoppolo, D Ford, Alex Mack, Debo Samuel, and then some other uh, little 49ers nuggets and news. Let's dive in. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Kittle in Denver territory. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. Bosa has got him in a second back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. I feel like we wouldn't be doing content properly on Monday, March 28th, if we did not talk about Will Smith, quote, slapping the shit out of, unquote, Chris Rock. It's what I felt like doing to you after we only got to record once last week. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you wanted to golf this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that explains it. You didn't want to hit the links. You wanted to hit my face. Right. Exactly. Um, No. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you had... Well, we will talk about Will Smith, but you had, you know, you got married and you had some time off work. So we figured that just take a little breather collectively. It's always it's always healthy to take some time off so we can approach these things with a little bit more vigor when we do come back. Yeah. And I was honestly so out like I'm not going to get into the details of what I was. I was being a tourist. Basically, we had family in town from England who had been to the United States in a long time. So we were just doing touristy stuff. And like, I'd never been to Alcatraz, I went to Alcatraz, stuff like that. Um, I was so like out of the loop on stuff. I would scroll Twitter like at the end of the day to catch up on stuff. So I wouldn't have even been a good podcaster last week. I didn't have takes. I developed zero takes last week. Well, the the good thing was there wasn't a whole lot happening uh, last week. But now that the owners meetings are happening in Florida. um, Rostwell is resigning. Yeah, we we just had to get back to it. Yeah. Stick our noses back to the grindstone. Rostwelly. Where do we go from here? <laughs> <laughs> What's this mean for Debo Samuel? What? <laughs> um, but no, Will Smith. Um, man, I was so uncomfortable, bro. When that happened, I was like, "That 
that was super uncomfortable because my first thought was like, it's fake. Right. But then it was like seeing Chris Rock's reaction and then immediately the uncensored versions hitting Twitter. You're like, no, that's that seems pretty real. And there's still people. And and look, I don't know whether it was real or fake for sure, obviously, it but it's definitely real. real, bro. Would it surprise you if, if it ended up being fake? I mean, here's here's why it would surprise me, because I, I like Chris Rock very much. I like Will Smith very much. They are not good enough actors Fair. to pull off that whole thing. Right, right. Like they 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 obviously can act and they've been successful at Will Smith, super successful. He is a powerhouse. His resume is unbelievable. But like the way his voice was shaking when he was like saying, keep my wife's name out your effing mouth. And like yeah. there was a there was a visceral like anger behind that that is just like Will Smith cannot generate that. And all due respect to him as an actor for the why don't he want me scene in, in Fresh Prince. I get chills just saying that incredible scene. But he just he doesn't have the chops to do that. And the way the way Chris Rock like centered himself afterward and like looked like over to the side, like, is this serious? And then he does this like like deep breath. Like you could you could tell it was like a very actor like centering myself after I was thrown off. Thing. Even when he was walking off stage after Questlove won the award, it was like he was shook. He was like, where do I go? Like he, he looked like stunned, not only stunned from like, I can't believe that happened, but stunned from like, damn, I just got hit in the head. Right, right. And this is a <laughs> veteran, like comedic actor. How many yeah. scenes has Chris Rock done of improv? No, for sure. But I, I do want to point out, I do want to point out Chris Rock is going on tour this year. And I've seen people tweet about like, the massive amount of ticket sales that have happened since since the Oscars started. I just want to point that out. I'm not a yeah. conspiracy theory guy. No, but, but there are different but there are different ways to make that happen than to do that. Yeah. I don't I don't think either like the thing is no neither of them are winning out of this. Right. Yeah, I don't want to people... get into the take I don't want to get into takes. No, I don't I don't, I don't either. Takes. But it's just not a good look for either of them. Here's I don't think. here's the I, I I I agree with you. Um, the take for me is I cannot believe that happened on television. Like a wow. person walked up to another person, like that just happened on Euphoria, the HBO show. That spoiler alert that happens in Euphoria, and when it happens in Euphoria, it's like wow, that's a thing that would never happen, right? Like, if you see like, that, that honestly, so that's one of like, cause I was watching it live. We're going to get to football, by the way, Keep we, we will. And, and just, but that is one of the most memorable things I remember watching on TV yes. as it happened. And I don't, I, I don't know what's going to top it really. It would be really difficult. Yeah. Anyway, the thing, the thing I real quick, last thing. Is Jimmy Garoppolo going to walk up and smack Trey Lance <laughs> at a press conference? <laughs> uh, no, the 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 thing I can't get past is stand-up comedians like, wow, guess guess comedy's dead. Like, no, a guy got a guy got offended that a guy he knows capped on his 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 wife who has a medical issue and shaved her head. Like, there's that's also what there's there. also history there. Right. There, there's not some big overarching takeaway about the space of where stand-up comedy's place is in society. Like, freaking relax. Also, the people who are like, Will Smith's got to be arrested and face charges yeah, for assault. It's like, all right, let's, let's chill. Pump the brakes. It's okay. 
<laughs> let's anyway. talk about football. Yeah, let's do it. So John Lynch talked at the NFL owners meetings and the, <laughs> believe it or not, Jimmy Garoppolo is a big topic of conversation. After what he had to say about Jimmy Garoppolo, which was more or less um, having more good quarterbacks is better than having fewer good quarterbacks. Um, They're okay with going into the year with Jimmy Garoppolo. He doesn't foresee releasing Jimmy Garoppolo. Doesn't think last year was awkward, like the way Jimmy handled it, etc. He said they haven't gotten any trade offers also. Right. No, no hard offer. So the thing about they have two second round picks in hand, at least that's as Mike Florio heard it, not not apparently a thing. So they've not gotten any false because they would have taken that trade offer in a second post haste. So John Lynch said they haven't gotten any trade offers for Jimmy Garoppolo. Where do you stand? We talked about this last week. You said it was like two and a half percent that you think Jimmy Garoppolo is on the roster come training camp. Week one. Week one. I'm sorry. Yeah, week one. Training camp is in my next slide. Yeah. Where, what percentage is that now? I mean, it's higher. Uh, look, John Lynch. So there, there are a few ways to look at this. John Lynch still has to pump up Jimmy Garoppolo's trade value. And so by doing that, he says, yeah, Jimmy's going to compete. Jimmy's a starting quarterback in this league, which he is. Jimmy Garoppolo just played in the NFC Championship game. He's a starting quarterback sure in the did. league. He's probably better than 10 to 12 starters in the league like that you would rather have, I, depending on the team. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to litigate where he ranks, but he's he's anywhere from the middle third to the bottom third in the league and starting quarterbacks, whatever. He's probably propped up by Kyle Shanahan. He, got, he has to go to the right team. He has to have the right set of weapons around him and be in the right system, right? Yes. And there are a lot of Shanahan trees or – off offshoots of the Shanahan tree who are running offenses in the league. So it's not inconceivable to say that Jimmy Garoppolo could go somewhere else and be successful at some point. Um, But John Lynch is correct in that he's a starting caliber player and the 49ers don't necessarily have to deal him. I think you and I believe that the 49ers would be better off cutting him because they could have been more aggressive in free agency and they'll right. obviously need the financial savings of him not being on the books when they re-sign uh, Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel, who we'll talk about here shortly, too. Um, but with those contracts, you can basically design them so the, the cap impact is minimal this season or even gets smaller for those guys this season. So having Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster from a cap perspective is relatively moot. Um, what another thing Lynch said today that I think was notable. And and one thing you and I surmised was that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's status wasn't going to affect guys like Lakin Tomlinson or, uh, DJ Jones and how they viewed them, right? Like paying, paying Lakin Tomlinson $13 million a year was just something the 49ers weren't going to do regardless because Kyle Shanahan has made it very clear throughout his entire coaching career, even before he got to the 49ers, that when you pay offensive linemen, you pay centers and you pay tackles, and then you find competent guards at value, right? Lakin Tomlinson at $13 million is not a value, particularly to the 49ers who have a top-heavy roster with a lot of guys getting big contracts, um, including Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel eventually, right? Same, The same applies for DJ Jones. 
And then you talk about Javon Kinlaw playing nose tackle. It doesn't make sense to pay DJ, DJ Jones. So I understand where, where they're coming from. But you could always make the case that they could have got rid of Jimmy and then been more aggressive in free agency. But then again, if you look at the 49ers biggest contracts, they like paying the guys that they have their best player or that they drafted their best players are guys with the exception of Trent Williams um, are guys that they've drafted. Mm -hmm. And so that's sort of the team that they want to be because that's the most sustainable for the long haul. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's the model that they're operating under. Now, in terms of Jimmy Garoppolo being on the team in training camp, I'm of the opinion that you have to give Trey Lance every single rep in training camp, every single rep through the offseason right. program, which he's going to get because Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be able to throw until July. Right. But where I could see Kyle Shanahan, who's the son of an old school coach who came up in the 70s and 80s and 90s. And Kyle Shanahan has some of that old school coach in him as progressive as he is as a football mind in terms of schematics. He is old school when it comes to developing guys and being hard on rookies and young players, right? We saw that all of last year and talked about it throughout the majority of the first half of the season. How like, you know, what's Kyle Shanahan's issue with Brandon Ayuk? Why isn't Aaron Banks playing? What's up with Trey Sermon? Trey Lance, obviously not getting on the field because he doesn't trust these young guys. Generally, that was the theme that we talked about a lot, right? Well, Mm -hmm. that's going to remain true going into training camp. Like, that's what it seems like. like. If you have Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't see any scenario where Kyle Shanahan has a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo and is not giving Jimmy Garoppolo reps. And his approach to it is, well, if Trey Lance is going to be the starter, then Trey Lance needs to beat out Jimmy. Whereas somebody else like me and probably you would say, man, you just need to give Trey all the reps and get Jimmy out of here. Mm-hmm. But the 49ers like Jimmy enough to the point where they don't want to just cut him outright and leave him high and dry, whatever. And they do think they can get something for him. And there might be truth to that. If somebody, if some quarterback around the league tears an ACL in training camp, then they're going to call the 49ers and then, Hey, maybe they do get a third round pick for Jimmy. Right. But the issue is it's after this draft, right? It's not going into this draft. Um, But so the 49ers are holding on to Jimmy because there's no trade offer there's a conceivable scenario where they do get a trade offer either leading into this draft um, at some point before training camp, maybe during training camp, maybe before final cuts, before any of Jimmy Garoppolo's money becomes guaranteed. Um, and then they end up actually getting something for him, which has been delayed by the surgery. Like that's conceivable. Is it the right way to go? We could certainly argue about that. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to say I know more about quarterback in developing quarterbacks in Kyle Shanahan, but I would, I'm going to say that my opinion is I, (laughs) my opinion is I would give every rep to Trey Lance and the sooner you can, you can move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, the better, but I would understand as a coach who is Mike Shanahan's son being like, all right, if you're going to develop a young guy, have him go beat out the incumbent and then give him the job. I do understand the logic behind that, but that's not how I would go about it. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan's an NFL head coach. That's great. But does he have a podcast? No. So yeah, yeah. Where's what are your podcast machine? numbers? Where's his Kyle take machine Shanahan? pointed? Yeah. You know, no. Uh, a couple <laughs> things based on what you said there. First one, I'm wondering if they are because, like you said, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be able to participate in the offseason program. He may not even want to participate in the offseason program. Like he said goodbye to San Francisco, so he might 
I'll get to that in a second. I want to stick with the offseason program. I'm wondering if the 49ers are going to watch Trey Lance in the offseason program and just assess from there and just go, all right, he's had, you know, and granted, it's not training camp reps, but they can see if there's been improvement between or how much improvement there's been from last from the last offseason program to this one. And maybe they say, man, you know what? We got to see a little bit more having Jimmy around. Jimmy could really possibly beat him out or maybe he just kicks ass and they're like no chance jimmy's beating this guy out right and they operate they operate that way um where they do say all right trey lance in the offseason earned every starter's rep he's ready to go i'm kind of wondering if that's how they're gonna do it because the timeline in terms of the money spent doesn't change whether he is on the roster for the start of training camp or he's cut during final cuts yeah his money isn't guaranteed until week one Right. So there's no there's no financial uh, uh, ramifications if they if they keep him on the roster through training camp or not. Right. But I do think when it comes to splitting the reps, if that's going to come down to how Trey Lance looks in the offseason program and maybe he doesn't look very good and they go, all right, well, hey, it's good that we have Jimmy in the building because he may be our best starter on the roster and we do this whole dance again. Yeah. The the other the other thing I, I I wonder about though is part of now John Lynch said they've you know budgeted for plan A, B, and C, and they can have Garoppolo on the roster and they have the cap space to sign draft picks and all that jazz. I get it. But isn't the point of having a rookie quarterback having him on a rookie contract? And wouldn't having a $25 million backup quarterback, $27 million backup quarterback sort of defeat the purpose of that. Absolutely. Like, you, you, like you're still investing that much money at the position. Absolutely. And now they're burning so, year two of his rookie deal. Yeah. I, I just, I have a really hard time believing that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be on the roster if he doesn't right. win the starting job. Right. And what, if, if you're, if you're Jimmy, are you, at, at what point do you just tell the Niners like, "Hey, get me like I want out, like cut me"? I don't. Yeah, and do they I, oblige at that point? They might. I mean, look, stuff, crazy stuff happens around final cuts, right? And and maybe you know something happens, and and the Forty Niners are the ones that wind up needing Jimmy Garoppolo out of the offseason program. But I mean, things happen in the NFL every day that change team circumstances one way or the other. So I get why they're not in a rush to make a move with Garoppolo. But if you're Jimmy and you're sitting there and obviously he can't do anything right now, but if you're getting toward training camp and you've seen all these starting spots dry up and all these teams are investing draft picks and, and paying backups or paying Marcus Mariota's or Mitchell Trubisky's at some point you, you want to be like, get me off the roster. Let me go sign somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Like, and, and that's why, you know, I, I know there's a conspiracy that that I think has been pretty widely debunked. That like, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo had the surgery. Jet fuel on... cannot melt. Oh, sorry, wrong. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo had the had the surgery to out of his own best and to screw the 49ers over. It's like Jimmy Garoppolo wants a starting job somewhere. Like not being healthy enough to throw during the offseason program does him no good. Right. So that's not that that there's no logic behind him like having the surgery to sabotage the 49ers somehow or whatever. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, 
you know, I, I look at it as like there, there are probably four, four dates to note, right? There's the draft next month because maybe a team, the draft, like right around the draft, they're either maybe beforehand, they're like, we don't like this quarterback class. Let's just trade for Jimmy. After the draft, a team doesn't get a quarterback that thought it might get one. Okay, let's go for Jimmy. The start of training camp, a late July, a team, another team around the league sees what it has during OTAs and they're like, yeah, we're, you know, Sam Darnold still sucks. <laughs> you know, like we're not impressed by what we're seeing by from Sam Darnold. Let's get Jimmy in here if you're the Panthers and, and start training camp with Jimmy. Maybe that's it. Um, say Jimmy is with the 49ers throughout training camp and somebody gets hurt, whatever, maybe they deal him during training camp, but final, the, the, the last two dates, final cuts, which is going to be what, 10 days before the start of the regular season in September, usually the end of August. And then the trade deadline, which is generally right around Halloween. I mean, there's a possibility that Jimmy Garoppolo is on the team and then some team needing a quarterback around the trade deadline. Like to me, the trade deadline is the last, that's the last day. If like, if Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the roster and he's not starting, first of all, I would be shocked if he's on the roster, if he's not the starting quarterback through final, like at the start of the season, that would be stunning because they did fully guarantee Nate Sudfeld's deal, right? Like you don't fully guarantee a third string quarterback salary. That's not something that typically happens. Having quarterback as a position of strength is a good place to operate from, though, Chris. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you got three starters and Jimmy, Jimmy, Trey, and, and Sudsy. A three quarterback system? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Kyle Shanahan's way ahead of the curve. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the, the issue, if, if, you, if you really want, to criticize the 49ers from this standpoint. I think it's, you know, you could have spent Jimmy's money in free agency. Um, and ultimately, because you had Jimmy, you had to restructure Eric Armstead and George Kittle. And those guys are good players who you like, who you don't necessarily have a problem paying, but their contracts are now worse than they were. They're no longer like, you know, quote unquote, team friendly. They're getting a lot of money, but sometimes guys who are getting a lot of money can still have team friendly contracts. They are less team friendly now. So if those contracts become burdensome a couple years down the line, you're going to look at say, well, why didn't you just cut Jimmy? Especially if Jimmy's not going to be the starting quarterback this year, that's, that's going to be a a talking point for sure. But at the same time, it's kind of like nitpicking, right? It's not the hugest deal in the world right now. If, you know, say you do say, say somebody does get hurt and you do end up getting a third round pick for Jimmy in August. Like you say, all right, the Niners, didn't come out of this all that terribly. Mm-hmm. It took, it caused a lot of fan. It caused, it caused a lot of angst in the fan base and on Twitter and whatever, but like ultimately they, they, got, they, yeah, they don't care. <laughs> they got their third round pick and, and they'll move on and then they'll deal with the Kittle and Armstead re- restructures right. and Jimmy Ward and all that, whatever. Right. But so that, that's a, you know, fan fans and we've done it too. I, or I, I've certainly done it. I can't, I don't want to speak for you necessarily, but I'm like, sure I've done whatever you're about to say. Well, just like, you know, we make a big deal out like, oh, Jimmy's still on the roster. It's like, right. it doesn't matter to them if if Jimmy's on the roster now or in August, if the goal is to get a draft pick for him, if the goal is ultimately get a draft pick for Jimmy Garoppolo, and I understand the logic behind that, then yeah, you hold on to him in August because he had the surgery, because you couldn't trade him. And now you potentially might be able to trade him in August when he could have value again after he starts throwing and he's healthy. So there's two ways I think that, 
that this could would or could have fallen on the 49ers shoulders and just in terms of how they've managed this is one if at some point and it that John Lynch said that this did not happen if Washington said hey we'll give you two second round picks for Garoppolo and the Niners said no we're going to hold out for something better like that would be and that didn't happen right that but it but in terms of this, like, wow, the 49ers have messed this up. Like, well, they didn't, they, it's not like they turned down a deal and now there's, they're left holding the bag. Like, that's not, that's not a thing that happened. Right. The, the other way they could have messed this up is if John Lynch was like, you know, we, we were in on Chandler Jones, but you know what? We just, we wanted to make sure we were going to keep Jimmy. If that's, but all signs point to in the way they've operated, not just this year, but in, virtually every year since 2017 they're not going to go out for reasons that you laid out earlier in this podcast they're not going to go out and spend big money to go get Chandler Jones and or Allen Robinson like the top end talent is on their roster already they're already paying a bunch of guys and are going to be paying like six guys top of market money yeah so at some point you know people say the salary cap's not real but it is like I know that 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 that's a popular thing like oh the salary cap doesn't exist. It the does. Packers and Chiefs if the salary right. cap is real right it definitely is <laughs> like on at some level every team has to has to take that into account and whether you kick the can down the road two or three years or not that bill is going to come due eventually like eventually if you're restructuring guys and kicking that money down the road like eventually you're going to have to check that box so I don't I don't think the 49ers were in a spot where they were going to, they were like, oh yeah, all right, we've cleared out all this money for Chandler Jones. Oh, but Jimmy, dang. All right, well, we got to keep it like that. That, and I keep saying Chandler Jones. I'm just picking a name, like pick JC Jackson or whoever. I mean, you can argue, and, and I wrote a piece about this at Niners Wire that does argue this. I think their roster right now is better than it was when they lost the NFC Championship. Yeah, and you could make a case too that a lot of their big money contracts have not worked out for them. Yeah, it's Quan Alexander. It's Quan Alexander, Weston Richburg, D Ford. Like you could, you know, when you sign D those Ford, guys, D Ford, who John Lynch said today, basically he's not going to contribute. Yeah, it sounds forward. like D Ford's either going to retire, or the Niners are going to cut him. Right. Um. But yeah, I mean, if you're if you're really upset about the 49ers not spending in free agency, I would say like, hey, like they spent on Jarek McKinnon. Right. They spent on Weston Richburg. They spent on D Ford. They spent on you know, so it it doesn't always work. Well, and it's it's independent that that issue, that talking point, that problem. If that is your problem with how the 49ers front office operates, that's separate from Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, absolutely. And like you know, the the Jaguars over the last decade, or I saw some tweet, and I, I I'm not going to go research it, but the Jaguars have spent more money than anybody else over the last decade in free agency. Ooh, you yes. know, like what. If you want to win, if you want to win in March, then there's a decent chance you'll end up being the Jaguars. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I understand. Like, I, I would have, you know, I think instead of like the Chandler Jones thing and a huge contract to a guy maybe at the back end of his career, I would have looked at like mid-level guards. You know, like that's where I would have focused my energy. Yeah. Like, if I were running the Niners, I would have just been like, all right, I'm going to cut Jimmy. I'll take the cap savings, whatever. Better players than Jimmy get cut all the time. 
I'll take the cap savings. I'll invest in some mid-tier free agents that aren't mm. going to cap us out. Traverius Ward level guys. Yeah, I'll get I'll get you know Traverius Ward. Um, you can get a couple guards or just one guard. Uh, you know maybe a maybe an Austin Hooper type backup tight end. Mm-hmm. You know like that. That's what I would have done. But I, again, like I'm not you know. I'm sitting just, here with a podcast just because it's not just because it's not what you or I necessarily would have done. Doesn't mean we can't see the process. Yeah. Like what their, what their thought process is yeah. and their so, thought process is clearly that they have an asset that they're not just going to unload, which makes sense. Yeah. And like I said, their roster has gotten better. They improved their special teams. They improved their cornerback situation. They've gotten some help on the defensive line. The one, the one place I think they've whiffed is, is on the offensive line. Yeah, and and ultimately, the most important thing for them, and they can still do this regardless of Jimmy Garoppolo's status, the most important thing for them, in my opinion, is developing Trey Lance. Yes. That is the most important thing, and that can happen whether Jimmy Garoppolo is on the roster or not, particularly given that he's not healthy. Mm -hmm. But I will gladly rip the 49ers and have done it before. Like, if Jimmy Garoppolo is eating into Trey Lance's reps, and it's something where, like, He's there. He's taking up money. He's taking up reps. Then it gets to the point of like, okay, what what really are we trying to accomplish here? Because right. we very clearly seen the ceiling of Jimmy Garoppolo. They've hit it, and I think they need to go a different direction. And they've already decided to do that. They're say they think they a- need to do that too. Yeah. So that that's why it, you know it's kind of talking like if they stick with Jimmy throughout all this and don't develop Trey Lance that they need to, then they're they're basically spinning their wheels and talking up you know, both sides of their mouth with this whole thing. And it's like, right. if you're going to do this and why trade three first for Jimmy? Cause it's, it's much, it, it's a lot. There's a lot more to it than just like, Oh, Jimmy's hurt. It's like, no, you need to upgrade that spot too. Right. So anyway. And <laughs> you, I mean, you said it with Trey Lance, every single 49ers thing, whether you want to talk about their draft picks, how they spend their money in free agency, whether they should have made the trade up to number three, like nothing I don't want to say nothing matters. It's the most important thing. It all comes back to Trey Lance. If Trey Lance is good, if Trey Lance is one of those five to seven elite guys in the league, whether he is or not, I don't know. But if he is, that's that they, they, they won. They did it. Yeah. If he's he's (laughs) Deshaun Watson crossed with Josh Allen, they're, they're hitting. I mean, on the field. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I saw your face on that one. Uh, we don't need to. We don't need to hit on that subject. No, if he's, but, but okay, but if he's if he's that caliber of quarterback, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, if he's in that breath, then the Niners are going to win a bunch of football games. Yeah, but it's not going to happen with him sitting and just chilling on the bench. So, um, you want to take Play. a break and then hit hit on this Debo Samuel discussion? Sure. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So I jokingly said in the USA Today SMG Slack, one of the one of the editors said, hey, does anybody have a wide receiver available via trade? Because that's what we do for posts. You know, you, you crowdsource the other editors, see, you know, what other teams are doing, because, you know, as much as I would like to follow the NFL, all 32 teams very closely, I can't. So you produce a radio show. I do produce a radio show in San Francisco, but I don't like to talk about it. 95, seven, the game. Um, but that's just kind of, you know, it, you know, for for the Niners, I might just jump in and be like, hey, anybody got a, like a like an edge rusher that's, that's available for trade? And just, you know, you do a post. on. So somebody said wide receivers. And I was like, for S's and gigs, if you want to throw Debo Samuel in there because the 49ers can't agree to a contract with them, then you can, you know, throw that in there as a, as a crazy hypothetical. Did you start this rumor? Is this how you the rumor started? This might have been my fault. That's what I'm getting at. Okay. I don't know if that I don't know if that editor threw that in the post, but the next day was when I I jump onto Twitter and there's like people freaking out that the Niners are going to trade Debo Samuel, and I can't find it credibly anywhere. <laughs> yeah, there, a, was a, there was a there was a the report, but there was no time. there was no credible reporting to this, right? Um, and people jumped to the conclusion that, oh, well, this is what they said with the Forrest Buckner. I was like, yeah, this is what they said with the Forrest Buckner because they had two defensive tackles to pay. Well, so if you want to make if you want to make this argument, if you want to say Debo Samuels to Forrest Buckner, I would say he's not to Forrest Buckner. Debo Samuels, Eric Armstead. And when you have to pay Brandon Ayuk, then Brandon Ayuk is to Forrest Buckner. Oh, boy. But that's, Ooh. you know, two, a year or two down the line. <laughs> right. Well, and and Nick Wagner, our favorite cast member from ESPN also pointed out that like if you're still freaking out about DeForest Buckner, you're overlooking what they're going to do with Nick Bosa, Fred Warner. They paid Jimmy Garoppolo when it came time to pay Jimmy Garoppolo. Like they've George Kittle. George Kittle, right. They've <laughs> they've paid guys. DeForest Buckner was kind of a one-off. And it's because of his positional value. Largely and they because did of his, that and they because had two guys. They, and they did that because they didn't foresee replacing Jimmy Garoppolo. They were like, well, we're we have an expensive quarterback, so we probably right. can't. We probably can't invest forty million a year in two defensive tackles. Right. So, if you're gun shy on the 49ers paying their stars because of the DeForest Buckner thing, take a deep breath. Yeah, the cap's going to explode. Um, they're going to have lots of room and money. Like as of right now, based on projections, they have eighty million in projected cap space for 2023. It's a lot of room. So yeah, they'll 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 make it work. 
but it honestly, it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world if Debo Samuel's like, I want more money than Tyree Kill and uh, Devontae Adams just got. My retort to Debo Samuel would be, well, let's see it for more than one year because mm-hmm. you're comparing yourself directly to, you know, guys who have had, like, I'm on Tyree Kill's page right now. He has 4,000 yard seasons, he scored 56 touchdowns. Uh, he's a three-time all pro, a six-time pro bowler. Like Debo's had one of those years, right? Devonte right. Adams. How many thousand yard seasons for Devonte Adams? A lot of them. I think all, uh, he's had well, three actually, but, but didn't he have one where he was hurt and he had like almost a thousand? Yeah. But I mean, five, five-time pro bowler, two-time all pro, right? So like Debo deserves to get paid. Don't get me wrong, but for Debo Samuel to come and say, I demand, you know, this, I, I demand Tyree Killer Devontae Adams money, I would say, well, you have a very lengthy injury history and you've been, you've been elite, like elite of the elite for one year. So do it again and we'll, and we would be more willing to cash you out. So that's why instead of, you know, 28, 26, whatever million it ends up being a year, I think Debo is probably going to come. Like I would be more comfortable paying Debo 22, 24, guaranteeing him, you know, 60, whatever, like giving him the, a little bit more than that Amari Cooper, five-year, hundred million dollar deal we got from Dallas. Like that to Even me after is sort the of Christian the Kirk part. contract. Yeah. I mean, Christian I Kirk got 18 a year, man. Yeah. But Debo, Debo should get 24. Like he should, you know, that, D- that's, but there's D- injury risk. There's the fact that he plays running back. So that's okay. So if you're, if you're Debo, do you take 23 or 24, whatever this off season, or do you go, cool, I'll do it again. Bet on yourself and try and get 30 next year. If he bets on himself and gets hurt, then what? Then he, then he gets probably franchise get, tags, right? He'll, he'll get the franchise tag and you know, next year. And then it's like, all right, now it's just year to year with franchise tag stuff. Maybe. Um, look, ultimately Debo likes his teammates. Debo likes winning. I think Debo likes the idea of what Trey Lance could be. Um, And this is just me guessing. I think Debo Samuel is going to get paid and is going to get paid handsomely, but it's not going to be Tyreek Hill and and Devontae Adams money. Maybe he asked for it, but I think it's going to be a tough negotiation, but he should just take it given his injury history. He should take, if not the very tippity top of the wide receiver market money, he should take, right below it and then he could if he continues to play well then he could re-hit the negotiating table in a year or two yeah but if he asked for 30 if he asked for 30 like what do you do will. what do you do if he asks for 30 i mean we just saw Devonte adams and tyree kill get traded so i know if yeah if he asked for 30 and he's only taking 30 i'll say sure and then go take five picks from Whoever wants to do it. Honestly, like Debo is good. And like, look, you if you listen to any of our podcasts during the playoffs, you know how impressed I was with Debo Samuel. Every single player in the NFL has a price. Mm-hmm. And if you can get if 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 look, Tyree Kill was what a fifth round pick? Devontae Adams was a second round pick. Like mm-hmm. that's Debo Samuel's a second round pick 
at some point, I know it's it's a it's a roll of the dice to a certain extent with draft picks, but it's like, man, if you can get five draft picks and not have to pay a receiver thirty million dollars a year, the deepest position in the league, and it seems like every single year, the draft is just loaded with good receivers. If that's what he wants, and like, go get it somewhere else, you know, like that's that's how I would approach it if I were John Lynch. But I think ultimately they're going to come to agreement. The Niners pay their guys. Um, the, they're going to have plenty of cap room to make it happen, even though they already do have a bunch of big contracts coming. Um, so I would be surprised if this is any different than what happened with Fred Warner and, and George Kittle to the point like it'll probably get done right before camp, in my opinion. Yeah. And same with Nick Bosa. Yeah. I just, you, you can't, I don't know. It would be really tough to have Debo put together the year he just put together and not just that, not just the raw numbers, but the fact that every big moment that it was just like, give the ball to Debo. I, he was the one that they get the K one Williams interception against, against Dallas in the wild card game. And then he takes the handoff and houses it. Uh, they need the, they have the third and nine against green Bay or the third and eight, give it to Debo up the middle. He gets a nine. Um, the long drive against the Rams in week 17, it, the big play was to, was to Debo say so every time, every time they needed a kickstart, it was, it was him. And I don't know how many A's fans listen to this podcast, but it was like, you want to assess, in the middle of their lineup in, in 2012 and 2013 was just massively important. And then they trade him in the middle of 2014 and they go from being the best team in the league in the first half to the worst team in the league in the second half. And they lose in the wild card round. And I just feel like if there's there's a there's an intangible element with Debo Samuel that goes even beyond 1,400 yards receiving and, and almost 400 rushing yards and, and 14 total touchdowns and just the unbelievable year he had, that's all great. But there is something he gives their offense that I just don't think is is replicable. And I think if you move him, you're just you're uprooting a massive part of their offense, um, both on and and off the field. I think you'd take away the uh, a psychological element there as well. Like I said, I hate saying that because you can't really quantify it, but just go back and watch. And it was almost every big moment. It was Debo this year. I completely agree. Um... No. Why do you hate Debo? I'm just trying to get to the bottom. Of I'm this. just saying every, every, <laughs> you, you want to know, no, I know, the, I know, I know what you're saying. You want to know what the craziest. So I'm, I'm on PFF's um, website right now. P- PFF's website. Look at me. I'm, like I'm talking like I'm on dial up internet or something. Um, I'm on, so I want to www.pff.com. I'm on the World Wide web right now. <laughs> um, and Devo. So Devo Samuel led the league in yards per catch, right? 18.2. It's an outrageous um, number. <laughs> outrageous, right? He was 78th in average death with target. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so and he averaged yak per reception, 19.4 yards of yak per completion. The touchdown he scored against the Rams in the NFC Championship game is one of the most unbelievable touchdowns I've ever seen. Yeah. Like he looked like a Hall of Famer last year. It, it, straight up, like straight up. Like it was 
It was just different, dude. He's just a different cat. Built different. Um, built different. But yeah, but I but I still think like everybody has their price, particularly at a position where it's like, I mean, he has an injury history, but it's the deepest position in the league. And then he also plays running back. Yeah, there's a lot of value in running back, but what's the argument that everybody seems to have every offseason? Like, do you pay running backs? Do you invest in running backs? Like, no, I I get that, but this isn't this isn't investing in a running back to me. This is investing in a wide receiver who also gives you value at eight to ten carries a game if you want. So okay, so it's just a wrinkle for your for your offense that just made like, dude, game planning for the 49ers offense must be a freaking headache. Say Debo Samuel comes to you and he says, I want four years, 120 million with two and a half years guaranteed. So like what 60 75 million guaranteed. Well, you're talking numbers. I majored in comms, so I wouldn't have to do math. It's Say basically it's it it's 30 million a year. It's four okay. years, 120 million total, and 75 guaranteed. Okay. Which is which is basically what Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill got in that same ballpark. Are you giving them that? I think so. I think I would. If it means if the alternative is if the After alternative one year. If the alternative is, yeah, but it was one unbelievable, like different year. It wasn't like, wow, good receiving year. It was a like, oh, that's just a like no player in the end in NFL history has done that. No wide receiver in yeah. NFL history has done that. I get it. I get it. Like what what he did in the and put and I and I, I mean any receiver, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, pick a receiver. Put him on the 49ers offense instead of Debo. Are they in the NFC championship game? Well, so what makes it unique is how Kyle Shanahan uses him, right? Like Kyle Shanahan knows how to use him. And like, I think Debo would be as good as Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill if he had Aaron Rodgers and or, or, or Patrick Mahomes. Sure. So the fact that you do get a ridiculous season with a relatively limited quarterback compared to those guys Mm -hmm. is super impressive. Right. And that's, and that's kind of, that's a little bit what I'm getting at is like the value he gives their offense is equal or greater than that of Cooper cup, who was incredible last year, like Devonte Adams, who has been incredible. That's, that's why it's like, if that's what it takes, if the alternative is trading him for, um, a 2023 first round pick and a second round pick this year and some other stuff, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pay him and roll the dice. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't hate the idea. It would be wild to me if Debo Samuel parlayed one season into 30 million a year. Yeah. That would be wild, but you know, it could happen. And like we said, but the, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be offended if, if I'm the 49ers and he walks in and he lays the Devonte Adams contract down and goes, all right, here we go. Yeah. I mean, he's had look going back to college. He had ankle issues in college. Yeah. Um, he had a broken foot in 2020. He played, he had a groin issue in 2020. He had hamstring and groin issues last year, even though he played through them. I'm just leery of paying, of cashing out somebody with an injury history. who's only done it for one year. If he does it, you know, say he doesn't like this isn't going to happen, but say he doesn't get a new contract and he just plays out the last year of his rookie deal this year. 
like if he does it again, then I would be more inclined. Like if he's an all pro and like 2000 yards and 15 touchdowns, be like, all right, let's cash this guy out. Let's pay him top of the market. But just off, off one season with all those, I would just be super clear. Like I'm all for 22, 24 million a year and 60 something guaranteed. Sure. But, um, would you do two and 60 fully guaranteed? Two and 60 fully guaranteed. Yeah. Because then you're kind of splitting the difference, right? He has $30 million a year. He gets a whole bunch of it. Well, all of it guaranteed, but it's only two years. Well, I don't think you can do that financially with where they're at right now with Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster. <laughs> <laughs> like, Debo, we would love to do that. but Unless you give him like a $50 million cap hit next year. We're out here trying to get a fifth for Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so no, I don't I just I hypoth- like hypothetically, I'd say that works. Say they have enough cap space. Yeah. He's hemming. He's hawing. I guess this I is guess. why we have to do the visual medium because you're deep in thought. Yeah, I guess. Well, very we'll pensive look from you. We'll get there. I mean, the thing is Nick Bosa might end up getting 30 million a year. Mm-hmm. So you're going to sign two dudes in one off season of 30 million a year. If the Niners do that, which I guess <laughs> it wouldn't be completely insane if you're looking at a scenario where Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel are costing you in the neighborhood of 55 to 60 million a year combined. Mm-hmm. I do not want to hear any 49ers fans complain about the 49ers and free agency. Like I know it's different, but like it's, it would be top of the market deals at defensive end receiver linebacker, tight end and left tackle. Yeah, but and, and defensive tackle and though. defensive tackle. We have to Oof. include Eric Armstead in all these yeah. discussions now because he has like $25 million cap hits in the next couple of years. Not my money. It's six, <laughs> six positions they're paying through the nose top of the market. Yeah, but why don't they go sign Allen Robinson? <laughs> <laughs> the salary cap doesn't exist. Yeah, the salary cap doesn't exist. That's why the Chiefs traded Tyree Kill, the guy who was 1B in terms of importance in winning them the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Yeah, it's tough. You got anything else for us? Uh, Alex Mack is back. Sounds like that's good for them. Yeah. I love the, the John Lynch phrasing where he said he's expecting Alex Mack to be back. He's training like he's going to be back. He said, I don't want to speak for him, but we're pretty sure he's coming back. <laughs> yeah. Alex, I was like, I haven't made a decision. I just really like to work out. Yeah. Uh, Ross, the boss is back. Ross Dwelly is back. How does this impact the 49ers Super Bowl odds in your estimation? They're not worse. I didn't realize. I did not realize. And maybe I knew this and just <laughs> wasn't keeping track of 49ers TE2 snaps. But. Ross Dwelly got out snapped by Charlie Warner last year. Oh yeah. Chaz Warner was the number two tight end for like two thirds of the season. I know he was playing a lot. I did not realize that he was out snapping yeah. Ross Dwelly, but like I said, I'm not dialed into who's loading up in 22 personnel. So the um, Niners brought back Nate Sudfeld, Colton McKivitz, Jake Brendel, uh, Darkies Denard, who apparently is a candidate to play in the slot. We'll see about that. Um, Dante Johnson's back. Demetrius Flanagan fouls. Backup linebackers back. Jordan Willis is back. Mohurst, Kevin Givens, Jeff Wilson, Jamichael Hasty. Um, these are guys that are gonna play football. So those, I mean, that's housekeeping stuff. But they're bringing guys back. Um, they're bringing you know middle of the roster guys back. So that's, I guess, that's something 
that's worth mentioning at least. Do you have a favorite signing? I mean, Charvarius Ward's their big ticket free agent, who I think is going to be good. Um, mm-hmm. But among George Odom, Oren Burks, Ray Ray McLeod, Hassan Ridgeway, and Kerry Hyder, we haven't mentioned Kerry Hyder. Which uh, stoked to see Kerry Hyder back in the red and gold. Is that your favorite signing of those uh, of that group? No, because Kerry Hyder might not even make the team. Um, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Um, I mean, I think he will, but there's a chance he doesn't. Um, I kind of, so this is one of those, like, I liked a guy a long time ago. And so I'm just kind of sticking to my guns on it. And that's Oren Burks. I really liked Oren Burks coming out of the draft. And I just, if there's a scenario this, this year where it's like, oh, Hey, Oren Burks is going to be the starting Sam linebacker, by the way, that just wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me that much. I think he's a, I think he's a good player. He takes, in my estimation, he's going to take Marcel Harris's spot. Yeah. As like the fourth linebacker slash special teams guy. And the fact he's a natural linebacker and doesn't have the injury history that Marcel Harris has, I think is, is a positive. Um, I really like George Odom. Like if you can get an all pro gunner, like that's, that's a win. Um, and we'll see with Ray, Ray, Ray McLeod. If he does not fumble, then I think it's going to be a very nice pickup for them because he's, he's uh, an upgraded version of Richie James potentially. Yeah. And they've sort of lacked that real slot sort of gadget player um, and particularly a returner. Wow. Just shaded Travis Benjamin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah <Yes>. it was. <laughs> I guess it felt, I don't know if this is true. I'm not going to look at the stats because it's not that important, but it felt like there were more interceptions thrown when targeting Travis Benjamin than like big plays. You could have just said underthrown deep balls. Well, there was an overthrown Trey Lance pass. No, in the I know. Game. Yeah, just airmailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Could have ran. It should have ran. He's just or not just, ready. Or just not deliver, ready. Based on that, just, not ready. Or just deliver the throw on target. That would work too. <laughs> triple coverage. He probably not should. ready. Yeah. Not ready. Um, okay. I don't have anything else to say about the 49ers on this Monday evening. I don't. Kyle Shanahan will talk Tuesday morning. Um, It's going to be funny because at the owners meetings and I've been to one owners meeting and it was, I mean, the the things you see at the owners meeting party, they have, I think it's going to be tonight, Monday night. Um, All of the power brokers in the league are there and all of the media is there. And it's all just kind of in this open bar, open food scenario. And it's just that the images that I saw it, at that party, I will never forget. And I'm not going to put it on, like talk about him on this podcast. Maybe if you meet me in person and buy me a beer or something, I'll, I'll tell some of the stories. Um, oh, hell yeah. But, That's all I need to do. Yeah. So it's a, it's a good time. And there are a lot of good conversations to be had. Like you can have, you can actually walk up to people like Parag Marate and like talk to him about the salary cap and things like that. So that's going to be happening Monday night. So I'm curious if anybody's anybody on the four dinners beat core is going to write about it or, um, Maybe talk about it, but Kyle Shanahan, the, the funny thing about that is the league party is typically Monday night. AFC coaches spoke Monday morning at their breakfast or whatever. The, after the party, the NFC coaches are talking at like 730 in the morning or whatever, Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. So it'll be the, the tenor of those conversations will be a little bit different. And Kyle Shanahan may or may not be one of the coaches that gets after it at these parties. RBV may or, season may or may not be a Red Bull vodka guy who's uh 
who's who enjoys himself at these functions. Source source says he brings his own RB. Yeah. <laughs> Happens. Apparently. Can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Kyle Shanahan would be the guy who rolls into the party with the, just a thing of Red Bull ready to go. Just just yeah. this two four packs tucked under his arm. That guy, he's not a large human. Like the the caffeine per capita in Kyle Shanahan's body has just got to be way up there among among humans. Because like oh, it's yeah. it's always a big ass coffee during the day. And if he's drinking RBVs, like that's that's a lot of caffeine at night. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. I mean, live your best life, man. I love it. I'm more of a straight whiskey guy myself, as you know. <laughs> totally. And beer also. Yeah, whiskey and beer. You're a obviously craft beer. I got human cigar. Not not in, not the same night. I have to, you know, I have to go whiskey one night and then you know, craft mm. beer another. You do not want to mix those. That's not not a good time. Mm. Anyway. No, did that at the batch party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, we're going to go now. This has gone totally off the rails. Goodbye, everybody. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Subscribe, rate, and review. All three. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.